So welcome back everyone. If you are listening to this, I am very thankful for you. And I'm not gonna lie, I have been slacking. And it's because I was at school still and really not home. Mostly spending my time at my friends, not studying. I will get into that later on. But today's episode is about me leaving home for the Air Force and going to boot camp. I'm going to try and get all my military stuff out of the way because my memory is so shot that if I can remember it now, I need to get it um, written down and into this podcast before I forget and it turns to dust. All right. So the reason I mentioned it before, the reason I joined the Air Force was because I didn't want to have my parents worry about money for college. Um, I've been working since I was 15 and my part-time job at the nursing home was not going to cut it, right? Um, So actually with that, my mom would have to drive me to work because I could not drive. And I worked as a dietary aide there for a little bit. And then while I was in high school, um, there was a program that allowed us to do like trade courses, I guess. So I actually got my CNA through my high school taking college classes or whatever it is. Some people went to like welding, others went to beauty and like EMT and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. But yeah, I got my CNA. Um, But the lady at the nursing home that I worked at, the HR lady did not let me um, work there as a CNA because it was the summer before I was about to leave for boot camp and I had told her, I was like, I'm going to be working at the pool. You know, is there a way I can do both part time? And she said, no, you have to pick one or the other. And I was shocked. I was like, what? I just got the CNA certification. You know, I did everything I needed and I picked the pool because it was my last summer. And honestly, I'm very thankful for that. So whatever. I can't believe she told me no still. Anyway, so I actually wanted to travel as well. I wanted to get out of the small town that I had mentioned before because I didn't really want to stay there. Besides my family, there's really nothing there. And I've always felt like I've been more mature and I was ready to leave the nest early. College paid for was really what sold me. So before I get into it, I'm going to say that I'm sure I'll say it later on, but if you're planning on joining the military, make sure that your job is written down on paper and that is what you go and do before you decide that you're just going to go just because. Look at the jobs and make sure that before you leave for boot camp that that is what you are going for. Do not leave just willy-nilly and they're going to tell you like, oh, don't worry, like you'll find your job like at boot camp, yada, yada, yada. Don't do it because you're going to get screwed over because that's what happened to me. And from the start, it was kind of sour and I was so upset at myself for it. So take it from me and everybody else that I talk to, don't go until you know your job and it's written on paper. So that is rule number one. So I was 17 and I was about to be on my own and I was excited, I was nervous, I was super nervous and I remember I swore in and my family were like was at MEPS or whatever up in Chicago. My best friend was there and that's actually the first time I ever saw my dad cry as I got onto the bus and it makes me a little worked up because of how life-changing it really was. 
and I could have stayed in the same small town, but like I said, it wasn't for me. Anyway, so I got on the bus, and there was an empty seat, and of course, I was probably bawling my eyes out, and I looked out the window, and I saw them all standing there waiting for the bus to pull away, and it was just me and a backpack, and that's all I had, and it's kind of sad to think of, right? But whatever. The bus took us to the airport, and they gave us an envelope that had our tickets and a food voucher. And I will say this, that all of this is my experience, because several other people, they don't have the same experience. My husband, for example, he didn't get a food voucher, so yeah, this is just my experience. Everyone's is going to be different. Anyway, so I made my way through the airport, I got some food, and I saw that there was other people leaving for boot camp, so... I was sat with them and I talked to them and I still talk to them here and there and I actually had met a girl on Facebook because you know Facebook has everything and there was a group specifically for people leaving on that date so you can kind of get in touch with people. So I met this girl and we were on the flights together and she actually was um, in my boot camp. Sadly, uh, she passed away a few years later from a car accident, and it sucks because I remember talking to her on my first appointment, and we I was supposed to go visit her way before that, and she was in the UK, and I was in Germany, but I actually found out while I was deployed that she had passed, so kind of crazy, but moving forward, um, when I got to boot camp, I remember I kind of wasn't really feeling anything, I'm not going to lie, yeah, I was scared, But I'm pretty sure I was laughing because I was so scared because that's just me. I have nervous laughs. And there is, you know, someone, of course, gets on the bus and they're like, get off the bus and get in her line, yada, yada, yada. And I was just like, what the hell did I just get myself into? And I was probably, I don't know, just a statue. We don't call our drill sergeants drill sergeants like the army does we call them mtis so if you hear me referring to an mti it's a military training instructor okay so just so you guys get a little bit of the the words or whatever so we actually went into an auditorium and you weren't allowed to talk they gave you a box which was called a box nasty and it had a sandwich some juice water and oreos And I remember someone saying not to eat the Oreos or they yell at you. Um, I don't think I ate them because I was too scared. Like I said before, my memory is so shot from all the anthrax shots. And I'm going to blame that because I know I'm not the only one. So sorry if it's uh, a little hazy because it is for me too. So anyway, they would call people's names and they put me in a group. And that group became my flight And then they walked us to our living quarters after all, like, the paperwork and stuff. And I was there in the beginning of 2016, and they had just made these brand new fancy dorms or whatever, and they called them Disneyland because they were new. They weren't crusty and not cockroach-infested or anything like that. They were just really nice, right? Well, with my luck, of course, I did not get Disneyland, but we got the crusty old dorms, and honestly, I'm thankful for it now because Disneyland dorms had everything all black, and you can see dust on that, and if you've seen movies and stuff like that of people doing, like, finger swabs or whatever, checking if there's dust, yeah, that's real, so I'm thankful for the gray crusty dorms. Um, So they were yelling at us to hurry up and get up the stairs and the living quarters and line up against the lockers, 
I remember being so stiff looking across from me and there was a girl whose name is Allie and I'm just gonna say her name because I love her and she was just looking straight back at me and to this day her and I are still great friends and we talk just about every other day or whenever we can really so anyway they were yelling at us telling us how to set up our lockers blah 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 what to expect and we had two MTIs there was a male and a female and our female was more lenient so we all liked her and the male came from a security forces or the cop um job section of the air force so i'm not gonna lie they're probably more um strict at least as they get into the ranks because i met some people that just didn't care and yeah but that's just how their career field is so it was probably like 3 a.m by the time that they left and told us to get showered and go to sleep they didn't tell us the time that they were gonna come wake us up or anything so we all took our first little awkward shower in a room with maybe six to eight shower heads when only two had good water pressure maybe to get the shampoo out of your hair the others were just like little little streams and think of an old tile shower and then make it a whole room but like really nasty okay there's no curtains, there's no privacy, none of that. All there is is shower heads lined up against the walls and a few drains here and there, right? Yeah. So you wear some shower shoes and I did what I needed to do and I got out. The bathrooms were right next to it and they had maybe like four to six stalls. But we had like 30 girls, so it was definitely a challenge for everyone to get their business done. Um, so we went to sleep that night and when we started waking up it was like eight or nine and we were all so confused as to why it was this late and no one had came in barging in so we we're like didn't know what to do we're all awkward so we decided we were gonna make our beds and just wait because nobody knew what to do and we were so scared <laughs> so everyone had made their bed and then out of nowhere we hear the George door barge open and four female mtis were yelling they were saying get up like let's go come on get up get up get up and then they realized that all of our beds were made and we were already awake and they were super confused because they had never had a group already up and their beds made so go my flight for that right so the first day is basically like any other i feel like you go and get food and this was our first experience in the chow hall where we would step side to side with our trays looking straight and you can't talk. And then you get what you want to eat from the lunch people and you go sit down ASAP. You probably had about 10 minutes or less to eat and drink two full glasses of water and your food. You have to drink the water, no, no doubt about it. Um, and that's like that the entire time. Because nobody, they don't want anyone to like get dehydrated from like the heat and yada yada. So it's a good thing to mention that if anyone was planning on getting dessert there, that they would have to march past a full table of MTIs. And I'm pretty sure they called it the shark tank or something like that. So you'd have to march past them. And there is this like spinning dessert thing that made the dessert look like so good, right? So if you had the guts to go want cake and get some, you'd have to march past and you'd have to make your way back and if you were stopped by anyone they were going to rail you with questions as to why you thought you were worthy enough to eat that piece of chocolate kind of reminds me of like the matilda scene the poor guy had to eat his cake so 
the first few days were paperwork, get some gear, and we had this belt called a web belt. It, I guess, like, phased out because now they have black book bags that I guess they get to keep. So if you get the, if you are listening to this and you got the black book bag, screw you, because we had these crusty used fanny packs, and I'm all for used stuff, right? But they were so nasty, so nasty. <laughs> In our bags, we had to buy for like $80, and I was kind of salty, but anyway, okay, I'm not salty anymore, I'll get over it. <laughs> so for the first week, um, we were actually in our civilian clothes that we brought, and I remember, you know, being so extra, like the person I am, and reading, like, jeans, one pair of jeans, and, like, a bunch of t-shirts and underwear and stuff, and then you'll get your, like, new thing, so I was like, okay, so I was in my boot-cut jeans and (laughs) my plain t-shirt just tucked in with the belt because that's what we had to wear, and that was, like, for the first week until we got our uniforms, and they do it in phases, So, like, the second week, we had our uniforms, but we had to wear our tennis shoes, so that way people knew that we were in our second week, and then so on and so forth. You get your tags, you get your dress blues, and all that as the weeks go on. So, the routine there was wake up, go to PT or physical training, shower or chow hall, or they're switched because there's so many flights that had to eat, so sometimes you would go eat and you smelt like crap, and then sometimes you had to take, like, a five-minute shower and hurry up and go change. So then we would go to a study lesson on Air Force history because we had to take a test before you graduate. And then, of course, here and there, there would be, like, push-ups and self-buddy self care and stuff like that, like, military stuff. And the week before graduation, we had what we called Beast Week. And it's basically a week of a fake deployment where you slept on cots with mosquito nets over it. And there was, like, a shower, like, two showers per 100 people. And there was really no point in showering because it was so humid and disgusting out. And I did shower, but I'm just saying, like, a lot of people didn't. And they would just use, like, baby wipes or whatever. But it was so nasty. You'd get out of the shower and you'd be sweating already. Um, You would eat, or I would eat, um, MREs. So those made us really gassy. And those are, like those brown bags that you see full of like already ready food and some of them are good I'm not gonna lie and say they're not but I never ate the main portion of it because I did not trust that meat and at that time I wasn't like vegetarian or vegan or anything but I should have said I was because I know a lot of these people faked it and were like yeah I'm a vegetarian I need the cheese tortellini well screw you because I had some nasty chili or something but I didn't eat it so whatever I'm dumb for not saying I was a vegetarian at that time, (laughs) but I don't remember much about this week. I'm not going to lie. People did have to remind me what happened because I don't remember, and it's so sad because it was only like five years ago, right? And I don't remember anything, but I did get people to tell me things that happened while we were there, and it kind of brought my memory back. So what happened one night was that there was a huge thunderstorm and because we were in these tents with metal and all that they made us find hard shelter and everyone was running with just themselves like chickens without their heads and I was the smart one me and my friends and we're like why don't we take our sleeping bags because we're not about to sleep on this concrete floor and my friend Allie and I took our bags and we made a few others you know out of like 100 people like we were like the only ones 
that had our sleeping bags and everyone had like just themselves so we were smart while i was in boot camp um i didn't get to call my family whenever i wanted i think i had maybe three phone calls and that's it and when I, like, one when I arrived, one midway through, and then I think before graduation, and the rest of the time was, like, letters. And they didn't really give you much time to write letters, honestly. You had, like, maybe 10 minutes at the end of the day. So you had, like, started one the day before, the next day you have to run out and get it mailed. And, yeah, so it was kind of tough. But, anyway, graduation was super rewarding. It's a, it was a good feeling for me. Uh, my parents went, my grandparents, my sister, and my best friend were there. And they were holding a huge banner that said, Airman Correa. It was just worth it all, honestly, because I was, I don't know, so young. and So it was hard work, and I wanted to make my family proud by going. And I was out of my comfort zone, of course. And no one had ever done this, so that was a big deal. Just just to get my school paid for. <laughs> so I got to hang out with them for a few days and then they had to go. And I had mentioned at the beginning of this podcast to make sure to know what your job is. Um, so you definitely want to know what your job is because if not, this will happen possibly to you. This is what happened to me. So halfway through, they took me they took me and anyone else who did not have a job yet um, to this education place or job place. I don't even remember. It was a building. Then they gave me a list of jobs that I quali- qualified for according to the ASVAB, which is a huge test that you take prior to joining that gives you a score of mechanical, admin, general, random stuff, basically saying the jobs that you're qualified for according to this test. And I qualified for medical, which is what I wanted, and I put that first on my list. I put anything medical down, and I was like, okay, if I can't do this, I'll do logistics, I'll do health supply, literally anything, admin, I don't care. I just wanted to be, like, around that, right? And a few weeks later, they told me that my job was to be services, and if you're not in services in the Air Force is basically a lunch lady, and that's all I knew about it. And I remember seeing that on the website before I joined. I was like, wow, I do not want to be a cook. Like, that is not for me. And, yeah, so I was furious. And the point of this entire podcast, this episode specifically, is to know your job. Do not get screwed over because once you sign, that's all that there is. Unless you decide to leave, like, through basic. But I swear, know your job, number one. And thanks for listening, and my next episode will be on tech school and learning my job and all that stuff, so...